Welcome to this week's episode of the Free on Free podcast. Um, last week we had two episodes. We had some great feedback on the massive Glasgow clan and the Planet Ice statement, which had some feedback. Anthony Russell wasn't very happy with us, but he he said it with uh, Jess, and we will have him on in the future to discuss those uh, what he said and what we said. But as ever, we are joined by the diva. How are you, mate? I'm not feeling very diva-ish tonight. Actually, feeling nice and awake. Nice and refreshed, not moaning about doing the pod. So it's probably going to be shit then, to be fair. Same old time will tell. And Mr. David Grant, how are you, mate? I'm not too bad, thank you. Um, we know John's going to be whinging, moaning like hell later on. No, he'll, he'll, I, he'll be back refreshed. to his diva status. He'll be back to diva status. You, you go I've... to your happy place, and that's why we love you. So we expect it. It's fine. I've done some research this week, boys. <laughs> it, it could, Have it could you? Go... Well, after like my little kind of like, you know, telling off a couple of weeks back and the wife has been saying to me, make sure you do your research, you know, and stuff, do you know what I mean? And she's been sort of on my case a little bit as well. So I think Scott's opened a bit of a can of worms there. I think I'm being kept accountable all the time. Um, and then rightly so, to be a professional, you have to act like a professional. By Scott and, and the uh, wife. The wife, hey, 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 hey. Yeah. Right. So, yeah, so she's on, on Scott's side on this, to be fair. Good. Well, she's not daft. So, the reason why I am hosting is because we are talking about the men in orange. We are talking about the Sheffield Steelers. Their roster is nearly done. They have two left to announce, both for forwards. I think I read somewhere that one of them's Finnish um, and the other one is a North American import. They have six new players, three forward, three D, and they finally have a goalie tandem after being called out last season for having... No one and just ride in Mr. Greenfield. So, David, thoughts? I like what I see so far. Um, it looks like a team that's a bit more on paper. It appreciates an elite prospect job, this, as it always is when you're looking at teams. It looks a bit nastier. It looks a bit old school, you know, toughness in terms of, you know, your old. Steve Mon Bollybook type defenders. I'll start defence goalie. I look at it and I'm like, the one area I felt from Sheffield, offensive. A lot of people thought we were offensive, but offensively, I, you know, we was all right. Defensively, I, I felt we were a little bit on the weak side. And I think if we was tougher, given the player Greenfield, who was just outstanding, the best goal in the league last year. Don't give me the best goal. That's crap. Um, he was good, but not as good as Greenfield. We'd have done a lot more than we did. Uh, so I like what I see this time around. It looks tougher. It looks like if you're going to get something, make sure you've got the ice packs ready for when you go back on the bench. That type of uh, defence. So you go. We'll go Greenfield. The guy who came in realistically to back up um, Osland turned out to be the absolute stud of last year. Um, we did ride him hard. We may have to have. Disappointed that the recruitment weren't done to make sure he weren't as really, because I think by the end he was playing on fumes, but he was outstanding. Won as far too many games and any goal he should, if truth be told. And that's not a criticism of him, but he, he won his games where the team should have actually done more. So everyone knows what we're going to get from him. 
Now, all, hopefully, with the second import netminder that was announced this week, he won't be playing as much or have as much game time as last year. Because I feel if we had a, a fresher um, Greenfield, I feel we'd have actually you know, may even won the playoffs. Um, just I feel that he would, you know, and then one-off games, your netminder is the one that goes, yeah, he's going to be the one that wins you. And he was that good for me. So everyone knows Greenfield. So this weekend, um, we announce the signing of uh, two netminders, uh, Anthony Morone uh, and Angus Lang. Um, Angus Lang, I'll, I'll, you know, he's uh, f- has played in the Sheffield system before, many years ago, before I went to Texas for university. Uh, I, I saw one of the um, the regular Glasgow commentators on, on social media making fun of that, but he played in the Sheffield junior system. Um, decent lad. And I think he's uh, he's played over there, done some good stuff over there uh, in, in kind of the junior leagues over in Texas. So I think it'll be good. He'll learn a hell of a lot whilst well, back over here. Um, he said he wanted his first pro team to be uh, Sheffield. So, you know, I, I, I'm looking forward to seeing how he does back here. And then we have Anthony Moroni, um, the second import goalie. Now, last year, um, eventually by Levine of uh, Manchester. So we've got this guy over. And you look at his stats and you kind of go, why have we signed him? But then you, you dig a bit deeper and you look at the teams he's played on and you look at how they've done and you're looking at stats of, you know, 0.923 safe percentage in, in the Alps League on a team that didn't weren't as successful. Uh, you're looking at uh, 0.901 for a team in the Magnus League where Manchester's goal is from, who didn't do well. You look at just shy of 0.900 um, again percentage for Ljubljana, same team team that we look at them stats and, and then if you kind of put the paint the picture it's like well this goal is obviously used to f- facing quite a few shots so that's actually going to be quite the filler the filler to kind of back up greenfield and if he can play good 35 40 percent of the games i feel the tandem will benefit sheffield tenfold and it'll give us for me the kind of boost that belfast have with best scoring and whistle you know you can play whistle 20 30 games and he'll win you probably 15, 20 games. He'll give you that percentage of wins. So I feel coming into it, he knows his role. He's spoken, um, again, it's local press and you take it as you will, but he speaks of he knows his role, but he knows he's going to work hard. So potentially we have a tandem that's going to really benefit Sheffield. I think this this year, amongst any, it was crucial to get that right. Not just for the team, but I think also for, for Aaron Fox. And I'll touch on what I mean that when I do finish the review of Sheffield. And then you look at the uh, the defence and I'm looking at the three new guys, uh, Ryan Diffley, Colton Sorsman, Kevin Tanzi. Um, Diffley, uh, you know, good experience NCAA with Boston. Uh, he's three years experience in the East Coast with a, a plus 12 in the plus minus department over 97 games. It's not bad for a defender. Um, so, you know, you're not thinking that he's the top line defenseman, but if he's a second line, that's not bad at all. If he could bring that defensive game alongside, then then very good. Colton Sourceman, been spoken about on the rumor mills, the Twitter accounts that say, you know, X team signed Y player. They mentioned a number of times he's finally come over to Sheffield. 
Uh, it's the resume. This is the one when I mentioned at the beginning, the toughness. The, the he just reminds me of, of a Steve Mon, uh stats wise. And if he's anything like Steve Mon in terms of the impact he had in Sheffield, we're going to be more than happy. Um, I'm not going to lie. So uh, Kevin Tanzi, he's one that's uh, interesting in the respects of what he's going to bring. Um, and I, I just think that the tandems that if you look at the, the defensive core, I feel we've upgraded. Yes, I know, Scott, you're not the biggest fan of Petgrave. I feel that these signings potentially means he doesn't have to do as much of the work as he did last year. I, I hope so. Um, and I, I, I say, I feel overall defen- defensively, we've upgraded. I know we've lost uh, Dave Phillips, which is a blow. Um, for all his faults, he's you know he's, he's played AHL hockey. He knows how to play the game. You don't get under caps for GB by by being rubbish. Um, Sam Jones, big year for him. He's I, I felt he was lucky to make the GB squad last year, but then at the end of the tournament, I felt that's why he was picked, and he showed it. He has to do it again because he's now the sole Brit. If he has that type of year, his stock's going to go upwards, and I think. That again, lot of benefit Sheffield. So, for me, you look at the, the net mine and the defensive tandem. It looks a lot better. It does have a feel. It's a bit more solid, as ever. Time will tell with these because you know some may come over and be like um, Corey Pecker and just toss it off and end up going home after ten, fifteen games and doing absolutely jack shit. You then look at the forwards. Oh, before just before go we go it. on to the forwards, go for it, John. It's um, the goalie. Greenfield, he played all the games last year. I feel like he will want to play a little more of the games this year. And we just, David, David just went through the three new imports on D. Uh, for me, I'll, I'll have my piece after, but they look impressive, don't they? I'm quite glad you actually drilled him in a little bit there. I do all this research, all this prep, and Dave just like just goes on and on and on about the stuff I was going to say. David, I'm, I'm impressed with your research and your knowledge. Um, From you, I'll take that as a compliment. I was, I was quite impressed. You know, we almost as good as me with the research there. I was kind of thinking, I was going to say that. I was going to say that. Yeah, um, yeah. So back to the point in hand. I, I'm a little bit intrigued with the goalie situation first and foremost. Um, the two guys have come in. Obviously, neither. I don't think we push him to be number one. Again, you expect Greenfield to obviously be the starter. I think he more than earned that. David says he's the best of the league last year. Yeah, I can see a case for that. Um, and if you're pissed off Belfast fans by saying he's better than Besco, all for that as well. So, yeah, probably the best goal in the league last season by a country mile, better than anything from Belfast. Um, but I don't know. I'm a little bit surprised that there's not maybe uh, more of a challenge to Greenfield in the wings. Maybe that's a deliberate thing. Maybe having a, a more experienced guy, 26, 27, who expects to play might create a little bit of, I suppose, you know, Sometimes unhealthy rivalry. I think both guys coming in know they're not going to be sort of pushing to start all the games. The British kids, Lang, intriguing. Um, hopefully that's something that maybe a bit more of a project. I don't think he played many games last year. Based upon Fox's reluctance to play Warburton, he doesn't seem to have a lot of faith in the British goalies and obviously Lang hasn't played a lot of hockey. So I'd like to think it could be a project for the next couple of years because GBD goalies, simple as. And if he could sort of just stick around the league, hopefully, whether it be Sheffield or anybody else, 
maybe last longer than Churchfield because we saw Churchfield a couple of years ago. He was meant to be the sort of uh, next British goalie. Um, the defence look, look impressive. I think the defence look very offensive. Um, Sam Jones could be done a lot of defending next season, looking at the guys he's got on the blue line with him. There's a lot of offence there. Um, it's, good, it's good pedigrees as well. Good, Like Tandy had a great career in Europe. Sorcerman, yeah. Um, I, I always assumed the guy was a bit bigger than what he was. You, know, you look at photographs and he looks like a big bruising six foot four nutter. He's five foot nine, which surprised me. I did think he was probably, by looks on his pictures, looked like a proper tough guy. But then, you know, he doesn't seem to be shy and mixing up. If you look at his stats, he can put the puck in the net as well. So I think they're loading more on the offensive side than the defensive side. Now, Levin Island, of course, is a fairly defensive player. He's always, as we said before, mopping up after Pat Grave. Sam Jones, will he be, will he be with Diffley? Maybe perhaps or Sorcerman. But Tansy's the one that, to me, stands out. I'm looking forward to seeing him play. He's got a great, you know, resume, and I think that of the new signings they brought in, he's the one that excites me on that team. And I think that um, he could maybe give Peggy one of his money next year in terms of his offensive capabilities. And yeah, the defense looks stacked, looks stronger than last year for sure. Mm. The goalies, um, Fox is terrible at this. You know, with the dead rubber games when you've already qualified. He needs to be putting these guys in. Uh, or if you're rooting someone 6-0 and it's 10 minutes left, put Angus Lang in. And he can have a song. He can use the, the Black Betty song. Uh, use that because that, you, you'll enjoy that in uh, in Sheffield. Um, that works well. Tansy. Hmm. It's a, it's a Sheffield sign-in, isn't it? It just screams of what guy has done his Euro tour on a slide and who can we pick up? Um he looks like he should be good, but you can name a player a season at Sheffield sign that have been on that Euro slide and it's not worked out. And as an opposition fan, I hope Tansy is that case. My favourite one is Diffley. He looks solid. Um, I feel like he will shore up at the back end with the offensive guys you've got and become a fan's favourite in that way. Uh, a solid, solid signing. And as for Saucerman, I think he's been coming for four or five years now and the fans really wanted him. He's going to have a, a target on his back to p- produce straight away. And I feel like that way might be uh, a little concerning for the Sheffield Steelers. I'm just playing devil's advocate here. I think he could be a bit of a fan favourite though. I think he's, he looks like a hockey player, doesn't he? He's he does. Kind of, They've got some strong beards. Gerald, he kind of like player. Looks nasty. He's got the big beard. I can imagine he'd be very popular with the fans and Perhaps, like you say, maybe he'll be on the, the radar a bit quicker yeah. because of the rumour, you know, a couple of years he's been coming to the league or coming to Sheffield. So perhaps that brings a bit of added pressure with him as well. Tansy as well. He's a, he's a wheel. I looked at his, his profile. I thought, I'm sure he's played in the league before. Oh, he's a, he's just the cut and paste, <laughs> isn't looks, he? Yeah. He looks like such a familiar elite league hockey player. Yeah. I was like, has he been in Nottingham like four years ago? He just looks <laughs> like an elite league player. And I was I scroll back and forth thinking... I've seen the name. I've definitely seen the name, and I, yeah, clearly he hasn't been. No, but it's just the way. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think in terms of the, the defense, they've, they've. I think on paper again, we know that hockey's not one on paper. They've upgraded. So that's the D forwards, David. Let's go. Just making sure I can speak before John takes it over the airwaves. Um, Hot and cattle, David. Again, from you, it's a compliment, my friend. So I'm taking him. <laughs> uh, you um, hit the nail on the head, John. Um, 
the ones we had to resign, we've done. Newman, most underrated player. The only thing better than his game was his eyebrow game. Um, but he was outstanding by the end of the season. And I look forward to seeing if he's able to hit from the goal from where he ended last year because he was excited. I'm not going to lie. There's, you know, a lot of that team did well, but not they did the job and didn't excite. Newman did. Alan, again, same thing. The type of guy that got goals, he got in the dirt years, but also scored goals out of nowhere. We, it was a game on TV, I think, against Cardiff. We lost the game, but he scored a goal out of nowhere. Dropped the shoulder, bit of hands, sniped. And I'm like, out of, literally just out of nowhere. It weren't like a good player or anything. It was just out of nowhere. Nice play goal. Champini, again, under the radar. Uh, the one I'm looking forward to seeing how he does, Valorant. If it's Valorant pre-COVID and before he went to um, Ljubljana, happy days. If it's post Ljubljana injured, then he's going to struggle. Hopefully his, his fitness is back. It was clear that you know when you look back, fitness was not there. Something wasn't right and you know maybe he shouldn't have come back and played. Maybe he should have got that injury sorted. Who knows? But if we, if we get the sniper that we had pre-COVID and Coventry... He adds, he scores goals. There's, you know, I think Scott was one who said there's not a, a more natural goal scorer in the league. He's one of about five or ten up there with the best. Um, so if we have that, great. The three new guys. Uh, you look at Keely, uh, Cameron Keeley. Um, 106 games in, in the co, 66 points. Good youth sport uh, experience, uh, which a lot of the imports now, you see in a lot of youth sport experience. Um, and they've not been too bad in terms of imports over here. Mark Sampson, Simpson, sorry, um, AHL and league experience, but he's the one that he looks good. But you know, you see the players that you see that just go down the leagues. He, I look at him, and I'm like, is he that one that is now in 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 the UK? We've got him. I hope he proves me wrong. Don't get me wrong. Um, I just have that fear of that one. Brian Watlin. Now he's one that on paper, could do some very, very good business for Sheffield. Over a point a game in the coast, had a good year in Slovakia, and how many imports do we see have good years in Slovakia? Um, again, maybe dropping down the league, but on paper, looking forward to seeing him. One area I'm looking forward to seeing how they develop is the Brits, because it's a complete change of the guard in Sheffield. <laughs> Obviously, the captain was dead. Um, Obviously, the sad news of, of Alex Graham. So you see Dowd, obviously, is the stalwart. Um, you have Cole Shudrin and uh, the podcast favourite player, Brandon Whistle. Um, and hopefully we see him have another good year. Uh, carry on on the upward curve. We see him in the GB squads and he ends up in, in the Czech Republic. We have two more spots available. and I'm, I'm interested to see how Fox goes about that. Uh, in, in terms of what he brings in. There's a lot of skill, a lot of craft. And again, it's a, it's a paper job, elite prospect. There's not much physicality per se. Uh, so maybe that's the route we go down overall with the next two signings, just to assist the defence being the, the, the physical element. But overall, you look at all the pieces and all what's to add. I, I'm, I'm liking what I see so far on paper. Of course, the proof's in the pudding the first month of the season. 
Um, and again, as ever, we say on this podcast, time will tell. But you look at the player signed, you look overall, it's a big year for, for Fox. And I'll, I'll go on to that more after John, because I'm sure John has, uh, with his research, um, has his thoughts on the, the forward lineup. Uh, but this has a potential to be a good year for Sheffield. And I'm not saying this as a Sheffield fan, but the players on paper have, you know, they look like they can do some some good damage in the league. Um, who knows? We'll probably get, yeah. you know, Coventry will probably do a 6 0 in the series. No, I would have said that. But, you know, it, it has that potential. And there was, compared to last year, there was some signing we thought could do, maybe. I don't have as many. Mm, not sure. There's only one. For me personally, I'll look at that team. Again, I could change the two guys that's going to come in. But I'm, I'm, I'm quietly impressed. Well, I'm glad you're impressed. Looking at that, there's two more to come in. And I guess looking at the, the team they've got on paper right now, gives, there's options there. You know, do you put like someone like Watling with Valorant, get him going with his speed? I think I was going to say the same thing. I think Valorant's due a big season next season. I think he did sort of come in last year, a little bit unfit, a little bit rusty. Maybe didn't see the best of him. I don't think it's unfair to say that. And we all know on his day he can he can steal games. Maybe a guy like Watling will get him going. Maybe a guy like him that's got a bit of speed and create spaces and a big ice, play them together. Simpson, I'm not too sure about six foot five, wherever he is. He, Maybe another Josh Britton from Cardiff. It, it sounds great on paper. I'm a big guy. Get him in the crease and stuff and then try and create a bit of havoc. But it doesn't always work in this league. Um, David, do you think there's a lot of pressure on the British guys this season then? Um, you talked about Whistle. Obviously, had a great season last year. Obviously, he didn't quite make the GB squad. No other cut in the end. There's three more spots for grabs next season. I don't think he could have done much more than he did last year. No Jonna, of course. Obviously, he's now not there. Even back on D, you got David Phillips missing. So the British squad is probably not a squad as strong as it's been in the past. Do you think there's a bit of pressure on likes of Shooter and Whistle to maybe carry the offense next season? And do you think that that team with the Brits is good enough to compete with likes of Cardiff, maybe in and Belfast in terms of the Brit department? I think it's a big opportunity for him. Uh, you, you're right. We've Sheffield have had for years alongside. Cardiff, alongside Belfast, have had a good core of Brits. Um, changing of the guard was going to happen, and it's happened this summer for Sheffield. So it's a huge opportunity for Shudra and Whistle. And again, you know, Shudra's unfair to him, but maybe has a bit more, I was going to call it baggage, as to want to do better. Um, but he's had a couple of good years in Leeds. And yes, it's a big step from the national um to the Elite League, not criticising National before our good friend Anthony uh, goes on a, a line about that on the Twitter. Uh, but he's proved he can do it. So I, I see it as a good opportunity for him. Um, Dow will lead the way. Whistle carries on what he's been doing over the last year and a half. I don't see it as a... a I think he'll thrive on the pressure. I think he, he took on the challenge to be that next forward on off the rank for the... And I'm looking from a GB perspective, first of all, to met that squad. But in doing that, benefits Sheffield. So, this challenge is you're absolutely right. But I look at them, and I think that they'll thrive on the, on the challenge. I hope they do. Don't get me wrong. But you look at them and what they've done... Like I said, Shudra. 
the elite league experience didn't do the best. And he'd probably say it himself. Went away, could put a few good years in Leeds. It's a challenge. It, 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 and it will come with pressure, but it's a challenge. I think you, you look at them all, I think they'll thrive on it. I'd like to think they'll thrive on it. If they don't want to thrive on it, and I'm saying this not in an arrogant way, but they're probably at the wrong club to to not want the pressure, not want to thrive on that challenge. You, you'll know as well as uh, John and Scott, if there's one team that does have the pressure from within management, I'm not criticising before it's uh, construed that way, from fans, it's to succeed, it's to win, it's to add more banners, it's Sheffield. Absolutely. So it comes with it does come with the with the challenge, and I hope they're ready for it. I think you put a good point though, because if he's like, even if you look across to his line mate, his mate Whistle, he went down. And let's be fair, when Brad when uh, Brad Whistle was at Sheffield the first time, stepped down. Did anybody ever see him come back and play the way he did? I didn't. I thought, you know, when he played at Sheffield the first time, he had his little go. That's him done. He's going to be playing NIHL or whatever the guys will be going forward. But to be fair to the kid, he worked his backside off, he got himself fit, and he scored a lot of goals. And I don't think you can really disregard that, whatever league you're in. Scoring goals is scoring goals. And it's a habit. You know, he stepped down, he scored a lot of goals, he stepped back up into the elite league, he brought that confidence back with him. When he was on the on the ice, he wasn't grabbing his stick. He scored a lot more goals, obviously, last season. Maybe again, Shudra can do exactly the same thing. He knows how to play in big situations, and I played all key situations for, for Leeds last season and the season before. Maybe he will be good, but I think the next two guys coming in, what are you looking for? Are you looking for, do you think there's enough goal scorers in the team, or do you think they need a bit more of a nasty bastard to come in on those last two signings? What would your preference be? A combination of the two. You can never go without goals. And the game's moving more towards speed, skill, goals. So... The more goals you can get, happy days. At the same time, though, you do want a bit of nasty bastard. You do want that. It just it keeps things honest. You know, you don't want teams running over you because you've nothing to answer back with. So I think we probably need a bit more of that. But I, I, I think more a combination of the two. Um, I'd be interested to see who he does bring in. Um, I hope it's, and again. You know, these type of players you don't see very often, but someone who can play, you know, 50, 60 point game and be physical and look after his team. It's probably the ideal then. scenario. But I'm <laughs> not sure you're going to get Everyone it. Everyone wants a, a game debut, in other words. Oh, okay. God. One's if I, a, if one's we could a have a, a debut again. Oh, my days, that player. He was he was fantastic. That that would be the old, that we, if we could get someone like him, one of them two signings. Jesus Christ, that would be. Uh, more, I'd be more than happy. Yeah, they don't grow on trees. They don't, unfortunately. And they always have this big entrance. Remember the same with Belfast with Jordan Smotherman. They they have to have like four forty eight hours travel on the back of a mini moped. Both both signings, Debbie N travelled overnight, and Smotherman travelled in on the day. They made big what things about it. Uh, yeah, uh, wasn't they, he in Europe as well? He was like yeah. in Prague or somewhere. He was like and just the, our flight you, away. You see about these two guys coming in, and you go in. Oh, okay. You make a bit, and what fantastic players they were for the league. So, yeah, if they grew on trees, we'd all have one, wouldn't we? Um, just going back to your signings, and you both mentioned Mark Simpson about the the big boy, six foot five, doesn't seem to use it. And big boys in Sheffield do 
do not last. You can go back through, well, even just from the Elite League era, they get cooked very quickly and they're always the scapegoat. Um, so hopefully that doesn't happen for him on a personal level, but he he will be the scapegoat for Fox early on, I feel, if that happens. Um, and I'll just have one more on the forwards. This this Patrick Watling, he could be the real deal. For me, he, he's been the coast and then went back to uni, did the U sports, smashed the coast with goals, then went to Slovakia and succeeded. And to get him at this time, why you're getting him at this time is bizarre because he could probably go on and do other things. Whether you've dangled him a massive carrot, because I believe he's friends with Petgrave. And um, if you get a Watlin that's prepared to play in this league, he could absolutely smash it. Is it uni deal? He's got, he's got to be something. He's got, finished, yeah. But to, to, I know we're doing the, the elite prospect story, but to be successful Slovakia and to get him straight out of Slovakia when you see him on a trajectory to go up, I think he's 29. Uh, to, to have that one, the payday in the Dow or whatever, I think it would be a very good signing. And to go along with Newman, Champini will only yeah. be buoyant. If you get a smash in Valorant, I think this Sheffield side could be very dangerous. I agree. I think he's the one that excites me of the players they brought in. As I said, fucking love Newman. Champini is, is such a low-key good player. Nobody talks about him, but he's another gamer as well. Scott Allen. Valorant, like, do, now we're talking about it again, even without those two more signings coming in, there's, there's goals in that team. There's game ones in that team. Absolutely. I guess the key is, is whether the coach can put those pieces together of the jigsaw and find a winning formula because that team looks formidable with two more players to come in. <laughs> yeah, David, that's that. That is the last piece of this. Fox. Go. It is. And I said earlier, it's. I think this year is is the make or break year, and you may go well. How come you've mentioned on the pod that Sheffield's this team that has high standards, doesn't accept failure, etc., etc., etc. Why have you kept him so long? And yes, you go silverware. He's got only got one Challenge Cup, nothing else. Bottled it in semi-finals. Um, I just think this year. You look at, uh, not last season, season four, very close to getting the league, but bottled it. Um, oh, it's, it's perception here, so if anybody gets offended, tough. But it looked like they did. You then look at the Dundee playoff series, how we allow them to make it through. And you see examples of this. Cardiff semi-final, one off at home, blew it, big style. Fife last year, blew it, big style. You just see so many examples. Cardiff semi-final playoffs, so many times. Big games against Guildford, blew it, big time. This year, Fox has to deliver. If he can't deliver and we don't change, then that will see to me two things. One, that somehow management are happy with mediocrity. And two, alongside the Continental Cup debacle, we're just showing to the world we ain't a big club, we ain't a serious club no more. We have to... For years, Sheffield has been the standard bearer. We are the we, and it's perception that we give to the world, but we are the top team. Yes, Belfast have had the titles. Yes, Cardiff have had the titles, but we still say we are the big team. We have the fans, percentage-wise, in terms of capacity. We have them all. We have this. We have the other. You have to deliver. 
you can't just say, yeah, we've got this, we've got 8,000 fans singing Sweet Caroline, but you've got Nafal in the rafters from a certain period of time. You have to deliver. This is the biggest year, probably for a fair few years in Sheffield, because then it's the direction of, if we again go trophyless, it's the direction the manager will go with it. And that is then, for me, do we see ourselves as a big team? Can we rely on the bluster of a social media guy to say that we're a big team? Because proof's in the pudding. And yes, we we want our respective teams to win. And I want Sheffield to do well. I want Sheffield to win it all. I want I don't want Belfast to win it all again. But you've got to prove it. Results will speak for itself. If you can do it, then better late than never. You have but to, though, don't you? Though? No, it, but we're out, shadowed, we're out of shadow of a doubt, mate. We have to deliver this year. For Fox's sake, I think he, if he doesn't, I think he may be uh, maybe looking for alternative employment. Well, it has to be because you've not as what you've just said is spot on. But it's like me turning up for a head and shoulders commercial and saying I used to have hair because that's why it is because you've not won a trophy for years. You on your beard, mate. You do, yeah. Maybe a bit of like a just for men. Even though I don't have to dye it, I could just look like that. But it is, it is the case no. for Sheffield now. Anything else you do want to say on the the orange men? I'm I'm pissed off at our preseason. It's boring. It's predictable. It helps. It gets the accountants happy. And for me, I'm like, nah. what did you want? Something different. Did you want it that Euro predi- team? Not, but- necessarily, not necessarily Euro team. I don't took Belfast. Because you'll get shouted down by hierarchy about cost. I mean, in fairness, we'll go on the piss at home or away. That's irrelevant. Um, as that's now an excuse, I don't want to go to Europe. But just you're going to play Nottingham a million times. Cardiff, we're going to have in the league and potentially at the back end. We don't seem, or we don't get to see your likes of a Guildford, a Manchester even though we're playing a million times a cup. Just something variety. We are the same, same, isn't it? Every team. Same, it is. Same. Everyone's, you know, apart from Fife and Dundee. Fife and Dundee have booked the trend. Belfast have kind of done different. They've gone and played the massive to help them with the league. Cardiff have gone all four corners um, of the UK and, and Europe. And we've just done same, same. And yeah, people buy tickets. There's already 4,000 tickets sold for the Nottingham preseason home game. Keeps the accountants happy, and I know that's an important factor. But you just think, for fuck's sake, have I, have something that's going to get the fans get the juices flowing. For a long idea. time, for a long time, in terms of pre-season, there's not been a set that's gone. That's going to get fans going. That's going to really go. I'm buying them tickets. Get me to that arena. I can't wait. And if we lose, get me to that arena because I can't wait to watch these games. Last few years, it's just been. <sighs> there's one way to put that right, David. Win the league. And then be playing in CHL teams. That's the I way think, to do it. I, I think we've had that conversation before, Mister. <laughs> Great point, Mister Williams. And but then we'll having said they, that, you know, we may, want to do it. We, we may decline the spot. Yeah, you know, I, uh, we, may, we may need to play four. To play we may need to play teams, four games on a, on a midweek instead of two this year, I think, um, or however little it is. But no, you're right. Yeah, win the league and you get the chance to play decent teams. But he's just like, and I say this with the greatest respect to Fife and Dundee. If they can be creative. And again, I go back onto the point. I say, we're the biggest team. We're this, that, the other. Why the fuck can't we? I agree with you. I could spend 50 minutes rambling about this. I'm not going to waste your time and anyone listens' time because I will just go off on the right tangent. I agree. European teams is the way forward. There were reasons not to do it in the previous couple of years with COVID and stuff. 
if the Scottish teams can do it, then you're telling me that even if like Nottingham, Cardiff, Sheffield, wherever, collectively said, okay, we'll share the cost of bringing them over. When they're over, if you share the cost of the flights, wherever it is, and then you host them in wherever city they're playing in, it could be done. It's just lazy. I have no idea. Also, one thing before you go in, Scott, um, the game's moving traditionally more the European style than the North American style in terms of the speed, skill, not much the physicality. So would it not make sense to actually have that challenge of that style of play that the referees, who are referees, as much as everyone in the stands go, a crap shit, the other, or get in the top gigs. In fact, we have a British referee doing the bronze medal game at the World Championships. They can't be all be crap, can they? We're getting that standard. Why are we not tested, having our teams test against that? Mm-hmm. I'm you, John, you know, we could spend 50 bits, but I reckon Scott's got the, the magic Scott's answer. got an idea. Scott's well, got, got an idea. idea. We're all so, waiting. The European, the friendlies that you're doing are £10, correct? Yes. Right, so why don't you get contact the European team and say, look, we will play you on this Tuesday, Tuesday night, but then you come back to Sheffield and we'll play you on a Friday. Days can be determined. So it's a it's an aggregate score or a, just two games. So you go over to there, they come back and they play you guys. Then you charge 15 quid for the ticket and that's £5 extra. If you get 5000 there, it's £25,000. That covers the cost of going. But you've done it though, haven't you, Scott? Do it, and then you You've ventured into because if you guys don't go to Europe this season, you're telling me all your fans in the summer ain't going to go on a little jolly to Germany or somewhere like that. That's why you, you can't play midweek games though. Yeah, but if you did the midweek games for Dow and then you come back and say, please, can you come play us on a weekend? But that's why you can't do Europe because you know if fans going on a jolly, and how dare fans want to do what they want with their time? Dare you have fun? In Any Sheffield fan Scott? listening to this, would you go to Germany pre-season and enjoy yourself? We have done. Years ago, we played B nine, and we took about three four hundred. If you if you had a Dow team or a Dow two team, you'd still you sell five thousand. I tell you now, if we somehow got someone like that at Red Bull Munich, are you yeah. telling me a fair few hundred aren't going to go for a weekend in Munich, yeah, or even exactly. a few days in Munich, one of the best cities in the world? You know, even Harry Kane's got it over to spend a few years there. You're going to yeah. do it. So, and also they come over here. And they see what the British League's all about. Do you know what I mean? And their fans are absolutely amazing. German hockey fans are just tremendous. Oh, they're outstanding. Just grow with the league. Grow with the sport. It's how you sign players. It's how they... Absolutely. It's how they grab players off us. I know he was here for four years, and it's years ago, but I'm still upset by it. Neil Martin got got signed in the corridor when we were playing in the Continental Cup. Come play for us next season. It was done and dusted. Job done. So, anyway. But, yeah. To end of the point... Pre-season's gash, and I like the look of this team and the potential of the two new players. Yeah, but anyway, it's Sheffield, so... You'll live. Let's move on. There's been some more signings in the league. Not many, but people have nearly announced their rosters and uh, Cov Blaze are now complete. Announced the departures of some other guys, a few retiring, and we have signed Mr Burnside to complete our back end, so Cov Blaze are done. Um, David, any signings in the last week that have caught your eye? Yeah, um, and not because of the signing itself. It's what he's got afterwards. Dallas Earhart. Um, he's returning, uh, ever reliable player for the Manchester Storm. But he's getting a testimonial after eight seasons, and I'm not. I'm, I'm questioning that because normally traditionally testimonials ten, ten seasons, but he's going to become the franchise record game appearance 
I'm assuming that's the the Storm 2.0 and not inclusive of the original Storm. Um, we'll, we'll ask that message to uh, to a Manchester friend of ours. I'm just not sure where it lands, if it includes both versions. Uh, I think it could be. I'm not sure. But... Would Mike Moran have played more games? I, maybe that's the record he's going to be. I don't. I, I'm not sure. I just know in seeing the the press release um, for his testimony is to celebrate being the record holder. Um, that's excuse, though, isn't it? I think you know not to jump too much. Like this, this testimonial malark now is they, they're giving out like confetti at the minute. Back in the day, as you say, it was meant to be a ten years at one club. There's players within this league that've been getting testimonials. Don't really deserve testimonials. They find a reason. It's almost like, well, you know, maybe you might have gone somewhere else for a few more quid a week. Let's bring him a testimonial and we'll find a reason to give him a testimonial. And all for guys making money, good for them. But the tradition has been broken now, I think. And it's just, and Cardiff over these have done it with loads of players. They they gave one to Mike Ware that played all over the country. Love the guy. He played like three times in Cardiff, but he wasn't, you know, worthy of a 10 year testimonial. Even recent years, players have gone away, come back, and get testimonials. Good luck for the good luck to the guy, but yeah, I think this. At of... that point, I'd argue that the likes of me personally, and I know we spoke about this off record, but the likes of Dowd and Myers are players that yes, they've gone to different teams in in the UK and in Europe, but I feel that them the ones that deserve the testimonials they've had. Now the argument of if you should Myers have two is a different one, but I agree in the sense of you know going around. The league, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, shouldn't have it. But them, the type who have put the years in, um, like Ben Davis, I believe I've read somewhere that he's getting a testimonial this season. For me, another person, yes, he's gone around a bit, deserves it. And if it's Cardiff that's giving him the testimonial, case there are. Uh, but back onto Earhart, it's, I'll say one thing in, in his plus point. He 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 came across, did the time, played for GB. Wasn't my favourite player for GB. I'll be honest with you. But he stuck around. He could have easily gone. He's got been dropped and, you know, injury was the only reason why he made Finland. He could have gone, you know what, I've done my time, I'll go back home. But he stuck around, so I'm going to give him kudos for that. Because yeah. he could have easily got, he's got his, he's got his submit for the CV, he can piss off home. But no. I'm for it. He stuck, for, he stuck in Manchester, so I'm fair not. play to him. Do you know, can I'm I say not. why I'm for it? Go for it. Yeah. Um, to become there all the time, um, performances and maybe it's his last year and he he did stick around with Manchester when it has been dire this last couple of years he got GB promoted to the Worlds um, and he's actually I had I had to I took him from uh, Gatwick to Manchester so I had to spend five hours with him and he's off the ice great guy and the points he's put up for Manchester as well like one season he got 40 or 43 points um, I feel like it is I know testimonial should be 10 years, but I also feel like with the, the Blaze gave Danny a testimonial because it was over 10 years playing and coaching. If you don't want to go, you don't have to go. And it earns these guys a few quid. Uh, and no one's got a gun to head to go. And it's not like they just give their, their, a player, the import player that did well for, for two years. At, so I am really not opposed to Dallas Earhart getting. Don't he have like a good record scoring wise in Coventry? Yes, but let's let's move on from that one. I was saying it to a bit. I just I, li- I remember yeah, something you said before. It's like he I always comes to scores. Can you pack it in? Um, <laughs> and last year as well, he's 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 cut out 
being that tough guy, he didn't have to be penalty minutes last year. I think he only got 20. Um, and still, still scored nine goals, and still, still produced in a team that struggles. And I think he's maybe settling in in Manchester at some point. So I'm all for it, John. Possibly. Please, I mean, I, I, yeah. I mean, listen, I would rather be a traditionalist in in that respect because it's it's one of the reasons that players are meant to stick around. It's almost like carrots dangled. You know, you stick. Another couple more years, you're going to get a testimonial. I think it gives it a bit more credit when it's ten years, but that's fine. At the end of the day, clubs need to do what they need to do to to keep guys and to make the signings that they do. Um, and to be fair, anyone who plays eight years in that rink probably deserves a testimonial. To be fair, from that reason alone, imagine you're going to work every day playing in that building, going there like four times a year, being pissed off my head was 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 an experience. To be fair, without really having to sort of spend a lot of time in that facility so yeah maybe the guys are into it um but yeah i do like tradition i just like sticking with the team for 10 years whether it be hockey or football but times are changing and i have to accept that for me in terms of uh going on to like signings quite weak as we we discussed before boys and not a lot happened um the one i'm kind of interested in a little bit but i'd like to see how it plays out is again from a brit point of view these these two-way guys came in Harewood back Again, on a two-way with Cardiff and Bristol. And uh, Mason Alderson, Solway, and Belfast. Interesting. Um, I, I hope those two things work out. And I hope both those guys both get a shot at playing in the Elite League. Because don't know, I've seen this Alderson kid mentioned a few times in the last couple of years. Don't know about him, if I'm honest. Seen him play a couple of times. Very good player. Decent speed, to be fair. Quite strong lad. Um, plays a little bit of a chip on his shoulder, which I do like in a player. Quite cocky, and I think you need that to, you know, to some extent to sort of, you know, to play in this league now. Um, but yeah, they're the two that I hope will actually pan out because there's no point in these these two way deals happening if guys are not going to be playing up. It's no point. We talked last week about the Sheffield acquirement of the Steel Dogs and how that's going to play out over a couple of years. And these are the kind of signings now where you want to see them materialise and, and actually British guys get a benefit from it. But in terms of guys coming into the league, it's been a bit of a quiet week, isn't it? Um, Scotland, coming back to Sheffield, a big signing. And uh, yeah, so I'm I'm kind of keeping a, a, an eye on the British guys just from a British point of view. You know, I always tend to look out for the Brits and I hope that one kind of materialises. I agree with you. But I feel with this year, it's a shortened season in weeks. So there's a lot more midweek games. If we are going to get these guys on a two-way deal make sure they can come in and play and not see that, oh, we have to pay them the fuel or whatever. No, let's, if you've got them on a two-way, play them. Uh, for me, um, a couple of ones, Scott Simmons retiring, I think, is massive uh, for Manchester. A hell of a player, a player that I would have liked in Blaze Colours. Spencer Nass in Dundee. Um, he's bounced around the coast, went over to Europe, went back to the coast. It's not worked out, so I feel like maybe Europe is his route. And another departure that would feel like would suit Dundee. Boys can tell me if I'm wrong. Ryan Penny. Uh, yes, they've got Britain in there, but I feel like Ryan Penny, I feel I've got another forward to announce. Don't know anything, um, but I feel like that could be a good move. I feel like he, he could say it, stay in his league. Good show. Do you know what? I'd actually forgot about him, um, which is quite disrespectful of me. I didn't really think about him because obviously he wasn't back in Cardiff. And at the time when he signed for Cardiff, I was saying to you, can't even remember him in Coventry. But then that's not always a bad thing. You know, if a guy always got about his business and 
he's not on anyone's radar. He's, he's, he's clearly not doing anything too bad. Obviously, he's a few games last season. Um, decent player. I don't think he's kind of top three team player. But again, in a team like Dundee, he could be a top six guy, easily top six guy. He plays a bit of grit with him as well. I always like that when a guy can, you know, play in the, in the corners and, and, and put his body about a little bit. And I think, yeah, it's not a bad show. To, whether or not it's anything I don't know. They've got Britain up there from Cardiff. Didn't really do a lot in Cardiff for me. So Britain, maybe in Dundee, might be a bigger fish in a small pond, perhaps as well. But yeah, Ryan Penny, good shout. I think he's a very underrated player. And I think that's, uh, in a team that's maybe not expected to win every week, he could shine. You really could shine. David, anything else from you? No, uh, but it's a very good shout on on Penny uh, for Dundee. Um, disappointing that John's research didn't remember that one. Um, but no, no, 100%. Good, that'd be a good shout. And I think it'll be a good fit for Dundee. And we are that one, John. Sorry, Scott. My apologies. Here's where he gets announced somewhere in the coast or retired in the next <laughs> yeah. week. But, you know, I'm just trying to... Go Belfast. Yeah, <laughs> Belfast need a... T- 17th import. <laughs> ah, but is it Belfast this side of Christmas or Belfast 2.0? <laughs> no, Belfast B. Belfast New B. Year. Belfast B. So we'll move on. And it's a topic that kind of con- conjoins. So Mark Brooks has been head, head, been announced as head of commercial. And we've also had the clarification of our sport funding that was announced last year of £900,000. And it's been confirmed that we are actually getting it this last week. So those two announcements, they kind of go hand in hand together. We'll start with the Mark Brooks announcement. Good news for the league, I feel. David, what's your thoughts? I agree. Good news. Um, has a good resume. He's done, did well going for the ranks in Belfast. Went over to Ulster Rugby, did a good job there uh, in two markets which the community is as important as many, probably any other teams in, in sport in the UK, given the, the proximity of the two teams. Um, and it's about time. It's about time the league had someone. Uh, we crave for a league sponsor. We crave for TV coverage. We crave for this, that and the other and you boil down to all the things, it's about you've got to invest and get the right person to get at the back end. And with this one, I, th- I feel the league has done that. So uh, congratulations to the league. They've, they've done a good job on this one. Yeah, I think it's a sensible appointment. Um, I've known the guy for probably 10 or 12 years um, through where he worked for Belfast. Um, know that Cardiff were keen to poach him uh, and bring him across to Cardiff, maybe... Five or six years ago, I can't remember when it was. Um, I think it kind of came down to he was happy to do the move. He just it came down to I think house prices being too expensive in Cardiff. So he's a guy that I think that um, was always destined, I think, to to go on in 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 hockey in the UK. I was quite surprised when he left and went to rugby, but I guess probably it's a more profile role for him at the time, and I just thought probably a better salary, and it probably worked out well for him in respect of. It was just pre-COVID, um, so perhaps maybe with uh, having stayed in Belfast, he might have been a little bit more um, worried about his, his income during COVID. Um, yeah, sensible appointment. Obviously, he knows the game. Um, and as we said, guys, I think if we want to grow this sport, we want to go out into the community and, and try and get good advertising, marketing deals, whatever, with, with companies. You need someone to know the sport to go out there and do it. Someone that actually has been around the game a long time. He's been around the game for most of his life, to be fair. I think he's a stick boy as a kid. 
Kelman uh, really likes him. Um, and I would have thought probably where this has kind of come about from. Perhaps maybe he's put a word in for him and hence he's got the job. So good luck to the guy and uh, sure he'll be successful. What pissed me off was we've got a new commercial guy and the Elite League Twitter account didn't even tweet about it. He had to do his own announcement effectively. Yes, they put it on the website, but you're not going on the Elite League website off your own back, are you? Well, it's a social I mean, engagement. It's uh, maybe it's put someone's nose out of joint, but it's exactly. Not that. I think that's the next area. Yeah, that, you know, have someone actually, not just get someone. I'm, I'm, I'm two plus two, and maybe getting seventeen here, but potentially maybe Luke Fisher that have been doing social media as an addition to what his role were. Is were don't know if he's still around. We'll find that in due course. So have someone that you look at around the league. You look at teams and their social media, and you look at the four main ones, the Facebook, the Twitter, the Instagram, the TikTok, and having that visibility on, on all platforms, what does the Elite League have? Very little. That probably should be the next investment. And, you know, news like this, get it on. 6am, get it ready for the papers. That's the level. You'll get this news out there to all the sundry. Because it's a big, it's a decent move and it's good for the league. Next thing on Will Scott, and that, and as fairness, what you said there epitomizes have someone that centralizes and coordinates all the social media and has the plan to get all 10 teams involved to get their material to the league. You look at the NHL, you look at the DEL, uh, you look at SM League, and I only know this for following a couple of accounts from places I've been before, but it's coordinated and you can tell. Now it's the next, it's the next step for the league is to have that coordination across all four platforms because that's where that's where people are on. It's not just the newspapers. Sorry to break it to some dinosaurs in our game. It's not, Social media is probably 80, 85, 90% of it. Britain Press still has a percentage, but your main market is social media. And it, we need someone now, that coordination, and not just someone that's ad hoc to their job. Have someone specialised, have someone who knows what 21st century social media is, and let them run right and give the league that face, that appearance, that's going to you know grow the game. And if you then said your idea, Scott, in terms of the TV deal and having the YouTube package, you have little clippets and snippets on here yeah. and then everywhere. It all brings it, it all rounds up, and it all makes the product and our league even better than it is now. I had a few messages about the, that YouTube comment. Like Paddy Smith messaged me and said he's been thinking about it for years and marketing's so important. And me, my missus, head of marketing, like, she tells me stuff and I'm like, yeah, whatever. And then just things. She went, no, marketing's so important to any company. And it's not just about putting an advert out. You need to build it and grow it and be unique. And the Elite League have done nothing. Hence why we don't have a title sponsor. And hence why We'll go into our next bit now. This funding. The funding of £900,000 that was announced last year. And off the back of it, the English Ice Hockey Association employed a few guys with degrees. Not really heard much else after. Whereas other sports have got a lot of funding with help for their Olympic qualification. Ice Hockey are trying to get that Olympic qualification for Italy in 2026, which will be announced for our qualification process in due course. David, I think you know a little bit more about that. £900,000 is not a lot considering what other sports, which you consider a minority as well. But we're... See, I'm baffled. 
No, no, it, it is something that the 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 lay fan of the game will be baffled. I want to just kind of go on to the point about the AI chain and the the people who they hired. Now, I know one of them quite well through years of knowing the person. So, if any of their family listen to this, when I say the following, this is not a personal attack. But I'd love to know what them, what they, what the hires, the, the people they hired, what was they bringing to the EIHA and therefore the game. Now, this could be the fault of the EIHA and Ice Hockey UK vis-a-vis by not saying this is what they're actually going to do. All they said was we're able to hire these people. And that money, given the low amount, you need to know what, is, what, they actually, what are they bringing. Is it governance? Is it compliance? Is it What is it? Not a skit on the guys and girls who are hired. But the question you have to ask in terms of a keeping things honest to the association. Now, in terms of the, the, um, going back on the funding compared to other winter sports for the um, Milan Cortina Olympics, in terms of ice hockey, if I've got the calculations correct in terms of the qualifications, Great Britain have the last spot for the final round, automatic. So if they somehow win that, they're off to the Olympics. Um, for the last few years, we were in the round before. We famously won the group in Japan that took us to Latvia for the Sochi Olympics. The time after, we just didn't do well against Italy in the last game, not made the final group. Uh, the time after, uh, we um, the Hungarians got the revenge on Great Britain where we just, you know, just did turn up, sadly. This one, I think, could be uh, interesting. If the groups haven't changed, that's confirmed, I believe, next month at the um, Congress, the IHF have like a half-year Congress, uh, and I think they decide all the groups and host there. For me, you you automatically ask questions. Why is we only getting just shy of a million pounds? Why are other sports? Now, yes, you could say they've got Olympic golds. Curling, predominantly a Scottish sport, but I know is able to be played in the UK. Sheffield have the capacity at Sheffield to play curling. I don't know anybody who's that took part. So I actually wouldn't mind having a go just because I've seen it a few times on the TV. But all these sports have got previous success at the Olympics, and it all boils down to if you get medals, you get funding. You look at these summer Olympic programs. You look at the um, the athletes with the lottery funding. If they get bronze, silver, golds, if they get the podium finishes, they keep the funding. If they don't, they lose it. Great Britain have been nowhere near the Olympics. Be the ultimate pipe. Be the ultimate dream to see Great Britain take part at the Winter Olympics. If you did that, you'll see the funding increase because once you have the taste of it, once you've seen Great Britain there, you want to see in the time after. And it's the appreciation that you don't just get there once. Like, a bit like Korea. If you look at Korea, Korea hosted it. They put the funding in and they've done nothing since. If Great Britain were to, to make it, and I I can't see it, sadly, not because we're not good enough, but the just teams are, it's just something I just can't see us doing. But if we were to, coverage on the BBC, the funding would be there. All these doors open. And I think it's something that myself, John, and you, Scott, have mentioned a few times over the last four episodes of the pod. Is the doors are open on the sentence saying, Great Britain, ice hockey team at the Winter Olympics. And I think that's why, predominantly, the funding's not as high. Could you argue that 
the governance of the sport in terms of the million and one groups that run it that it hinders the uh, the brand every chance. But you look at it and you look at the comparisons of the winter sports, I think it's more, they've got a better chance of getting gold. We want to keep them there. If somehow Great Britain make it, I feel that they'll get the increased funding because once you see your name in the Olympic programme, you want to stay there if you have to qualify for it. Because it's a nice feeling. It's good to see Olympics, Great Britain, in every sport, winter, summer. And Christ, if, if somehow GB made it in ice hockey, that would be something special. Dare I say it, that would make me moist if we got to the Olympics. And I was going to piss Scott off just by saying that. Probably best to cut that, boys. Because uh, Scott's looking at me like as if I'm just no, sort of Ethan. You, you did. It, it, it can stay. Carry on. Thank you. I would be rather excited, should we say. Um, I think you're right, Dave. I think you've pretty much summed up everything. In a nutshell there, I think the problem is, whilst we're a pool A nation, which is amazing, and we're just way back above our, our weight in terms of the world championship side of things, we're not quite on the radar for the Olympics, I'm afraid. And if we ever got to the Olympics, it'll be fine. The thing is, though, guys, I don't know whether or not the funding would be used in the right areas. If it was used to sort of create junior camps for the long term and then maybe to give the the national guys, training camps, etc. as well, to make them get better. Where's it going to go? Who's going to get the benefit from it? I don't know. So to be honest with you, whether it's 900,000 or 9 million, I haven't got a lot of faith in it going and benefiting the sport in the long run in this country. For me, though, it should filter down. It should grow to give it, like you just said, John, about um, giving training camps for for the, the GB guys, but then it should filter down into developing the game, whether that be in the junior system, whether it be about commercial side of growing businesses and growing ice hockey in each individual league. So you could put, like we discussed earlier, how do you maximise your marketing? How can you do that? Put that money individually into each club, get the sport known, get it outgrown and get it being played on the BBC. If we ever got to the Olympics, getting played back on the BBC, it's great and like David as you said probably got no chance but I love the passion in how you delivered that so I just feel like saying oh we probably won't know how to use it shouldn't be the case we should know how to use it and get people in like we just said with the elite league getting Mark Brooks in get people in with that money to know how to use it utilize it properly so yes hopefully when they review the money next year we get a bit more and we can utilise it properly. Anyway, any other business, lads? Oh. So we uh, we will thank you for your time. Diva, you said you were ready. You were certainly were. You uh, you weren't quiet and we weren't expecting anything else. I don't do being quiet very well. No. Not yeah. fun. We know. Wouldn't want to stay next to you in a hotel room. Um only if you've had such a pleasure, to be fair. <laughs> David. One of them. Sheffield, the positivity is there. It is. How long it will last? Time will tell. Uh, before we, we do the uh, the close of the gate, the socials, Instagram, Twitter, Free on Free Podcasts, Facebook, Free on Free. Uh, like you said at the beginning, great feedback. Although I'm I'm a bit stunned about the, the anti-five podcast claim that we've had. Mm-hmm. 
Um, I haven't seen this one. Oh, yeah. Someone was listening uh, on his holidays, and uh, I think he was joking, but he described it as the anti-fife. Who cares? Um, I'll give him him something to talk about. Fife is shit. You report yourself. There you go, mate. Exactly. But uh, thank you, Scott. Always a pleasure. So the diva spoke again. And (laughs) David could not... David went into uh, robot mode. He's like, I need to do socials. I need to do socials. I, I I was going to say I planned to plug the socials. I didn't, so well done, mate. Um, yes, <laughs> that's why I went into the robot moment. We will. We're going to review five. So and Dundee. Yes, we are. We've got some plans for Dundee. We will announce them in due course. So thank you for listening, and we'll close the gate.